Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're on dating sites or apps and you're getting a whole lot of nothing, chances are you really need to work on your pictures. You don't have to be the best looking guy in the world to have amazing pictures that she'll find incredibly attractive that will make her swipe right. And I just wrote a guide on how to get those pictures. It's called Profile Pics That Will Make Her Swipe Right. And it's available on my website right now at kristenandchill.com. I've now made over hundreds of dudes' profiles, and I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, even if he wasn't, and I've taken everything I've learned about what makes great profile pictures, and I've put them in this guide. The first 20 people to buy the guide get $5 off with promo code for you, F-O-R-Y-O-U. All you have to do is enter it at checkout, and you can go to kristenandchill.com forward slash products forward slash picture guide. That's kristenandchill.com forward slash products forward slash picture guide. It's worth all the carpal tunnel, I promise. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have fast talking Adam Lyons on with us. And the good thing is, is that he talks really fast. So he gets a lot of information to you in a very short period of time. And on this episode, he's going to be talking to you about escalation and how to present yourself as an awesome, alpha, interesting man. We cover a lot on this show. I'm exhausted from just recording it with him, but I hope you enjoy it. Okay. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast. We're going to try recording today on Skype. So just letting you know that your ears may experience something a little bit different than our typical episodes, but hopefully everything is okay because we have a fantastic guest on and I'm going to turn my sounds off so I don't get notification sounds, but we have a fantastic guest with us who has been on our show before. He is super famous. He is one of the original pickup artists, I guess, like one of the biggest original pickup artists. My friend, wonderful man, father to many, um, husband to many, <laughs> Adam Lyons, who is on Skype with me right now. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Marnie. Good to hear from you. You too. It has been way too long. So ne- so for a little catch up for people, I would like you to explain you, who you are, where you are sure. now. And I, I know it's like you, you've probably learned how to condense it now, but I just like, I think you have an yeah. interesting story. So please explain. I got you. This is the Cliff Notes version. Yes. Uh, when I was a teenager, I was voted least likely to ever get a girlfriend by my classmates. I was bullied for it, and everyone said I'd be lonely forever. Ever. Um, I was pretty much single. Yeah, except for a couple of relationships. Something since I was 26, when every single woman I'd ever dated had cheated on me. I decided that rather than blaming women 
friend of mine gave me a great piece of advice. If everyone around you says the same thing, it's probably you. And so I decided yeah. that maybe it was my fault they were cheating on me. A friend of mine stuck a book in my hand called The Game. He said I'd take to it like a duck to water. I got halfway through, signed up for my first dating boot camp. Halfway through the boot camp, I was already getting better results than most of the people. Yeah. Decided that a lot of the gimmicks and tricks and things were weird and strange and I didn't like them. So I went out and started trying to test this stuff myself. I practiced for seven hours a day, seven days a week, every single day. Crazy. I got good. I got yeah, I got really good, got voted the number one pickup artist at the time in England, uh, ended up becoming the number one in Europe, got an invitation to fly to Hollywood to speak on stage in Hollywood with all these global yeah. pickup artists. That's where I met you. Yeah, that's where we met. Mm -hmm. um, I went on stage for the first time, looked out into a room full of dudes. I was the only one that had brought a girl. And oh, no. I said, I was like, what's wrong with this place? Everyone here is supposed to be a seduction expert and no one's got any women. And uh, so I got a standing ovation, ended up getting voted the number three in the world by my peers. Um, over the next couple of years, I'd end up getting voted number one three years in a row. There were numerous documentaries made about me actually cataloging and recording all of that. I then ended up becoming famous, internet famous, for being in a relationship with two women who I had children with. We've uh, been in our relationship for eight years. Maybe. I have four children, live on a 44-acre ranch out in Texas with my two girlfriends. And, and now I'm here on the Marnie podcast. So your life kind of sucks is what you're saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a That's what life. I'm hearing from uh, you. Yeah, it sounds painful. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That is, that is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. Well, you know that, I mean, you've been on our show before. So our, our show is geared towards men, obviously, who, you know, this is your audience as well. But I know that now you're not really, not that you're not in the PUA world because you're still working with men and you're still helping men with women, but you've moved a little bit more towards confidence. That's what I've seen recently. That's the area that you're tackling now. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, there's, there's some big changes. So there's a lot going on in the world since the Me Too movement. Uh, pickup artistry is banned from almost all social media. Yeah. The, the seduction movement is not allowed. In fact, if you look at the terms and conditions of Facebook, Kickstarter, Vimeo, Wistia, and a bunch of other uh, things, Instagram probably, uh, even YouTube, you'll see that seduction and pickup artistry is against their terms of service now. Really? So yeah, uh, there's been some big movements. And in short, if you want to help men, uh, you have to frame it a different way. So I'm actually at a point, my business has grown significantly, not just dating, but I now own five different companies in different niches. And I actually, I do a lot of business consulting for, for clients. Um, you know, People that earn a million or more a year will hire me to come on board and help them scale and multiply their income um, in one of my businesses. But I still have my dating business. And the dating businesses is largely now revolved around teaching people the chemistry behind why attraction works. And that way, we're moving away from you know, gimmicks or tricks or talking about cold approaching. And instead, we're just arming people with the raw scientific knowledge of what triggers attraction and then guiding them into applying that themselves or, or even, you know, taking them out in private and, and showing them how to do it. Wonderful. So tell my audience how, how they do this in, in a, yeah. nut, you know, in a nutshell, obviously don't give away all your goods, but yeah, no, but I got them. you. I got you. So we've, we developed this thing called the ACE formula, which we're really excited about. Um, there's actually a, a website we, we built for it specifically. And uh, the ACE formula is all about helping people develop three things. And we argue that these three things make you naturally attractive to women. And it's abundance, confidence, and the ability to escalate. Um, in short, I've never met a man who has an abundance of women in his life, who is confident at interacting with those women, and who knows how to turn them on, who struggles with women. 
if they, if they have those three things, they're just good. And all the other things you can kind of like get by, right? They don't have to be wealthy. They don't have to be good looking necessarily. They don't have to, you know, have any of these kind of other, other elements or be fit. But if they've got abundance, confidence, and the ability to escalate, then they're largely good. Um, and it's pretty funny. We meet a lot of people that have two of them. And the minute you see somebody with only two, you can spot why they struggle with women, right? Like yeah. if you meet somebody who's got abundance and confidence, this is like the kind of guy who's got a lot of women in his life. He's really confident with them, but he doesn't know how to turn them on. And he's like the gay best friend. You right. know? It's like he's just like hanging out with the girls and everyone loves him, but he never dates anyone. Or if you've got somebody with abundance and the ability to escalate, but no confidence, it's like that guy that's kind of like the orbiter of the social group. He hangs out with everyone, but he always dates the not super hot girl. Right. And he's always like being somewhat inappropriate with the really hot ones and his girlfriend's always upset at him because he's like spending too much time talking to the hot girl of the group, you know? Yeah. And then, um, and then lastly, you've got somebody with confidence and the ability to escalate. We call that a pickup artist. It's, uh, they don't have any women in their life, but they're really confident about being around women and they know how to turn them on. Okay. Uh, but they're always like alone and going out to bars trying to meet people. And what's cool about this is it gives us like, a, it's almost like a, a map or a grid reference, meaning that we can look at somebody, analyze which pieces they're missing. Uh, so we actually get students to write it down on a piece of paper, which one or two or three of the three they think they're missing. And then we give them a step-by-step -step plan to develop that piece. And what's cool is we're not showing them, hey, here's how you go and pick up a woman. We're showing them, here is how you become abundant, have lots of women in your life that like you. Here is how you become more confident around women so that they feel comfortable around you. And then lastly, here's how you can arouse a woman who's already in your life. At no point are we weirdly going up to a woman and trying to use some lame line on the street or making them feel creeped out. It's all very, very, very subtle, very natural, and it lasts, which is great about it because once you have these three qualities, they're yours forever. This is fantastic. Actually, I want to focus on one of, sure. one of the three right now. I want to talk about the escalating, because that, that is a big area for many of the guys that I work with and a lot of guys that listen to the podcast. And we, we talk a lot about the first two, about abundance and about confidence. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're, this is episode 314 or something like that. So we have a lot of episodes on those two things. I mean, we have a, a lot of episodes on escalation as well, but I want to hear your point of view on escalation, where there are no routines, there are no tactics, there are no tricks, there are no tools. How do people start to learn how to escalate? So a really good thing to remember, and this is part of the program that we teach, is people, relationships, sex. So meaning you want to start by having conversations about people. And women are naturally good at this. They love gossiping. They like talking about others. Men, less so. And it's why they struggle to escalate. You get a group of women together long enough, and they will start talking about sex. You just get five women in a room, and, and one of them will start talking about some people they know. Then they'll talk about relationships, and they'll end up talking about sex. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, and, but that doesn't happen with guys. You leave guys alone long enough and they'll talk about sports or, or video games, right? So guys, it's not natural to shift the conversation towards sex. I love how you're like, oh yeah, sure, that, that always happens. Yeah, it does I, just, I just had my female friend come over and touch my boob this morning. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I, I was like, something feels sort of weird. Do you want to just touch my boob? She's like, sure, I'll be over in five minutes. And then we started talking about right. like our sex right. lives. It just, it just, it's a natural flow. Exactly. But, but it isn't for men. And so we get them to find that natural flow that women have. So first, we just get them talking about people. So a good example of this is, you know, if you were in a bar talking to a woman, you'd be like, uh, hey, uh, do you ever wonder about what's going on in other people's conversations? And you just start off by people watching, which is something that is quite natural for all human beings to do, mm -hmm. male or female. And then after that, they'll start, you know, pointing out someone and talking about them. And then you can be like, okay, let's play a game. Let's see who's dating who, see if we can guess what their relationships are. 
I remember this one time I had it with a student and there was a couple in the corner and they were like making out and they both had wedding rings on. And the student was like, oh, like, isn't it great to see those two are still married and still in love? I was like, they're not married to each other. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I have never seen a married couple make out like that in a bar. They can do that at home. They don't need to do it in a bar. They're right. spending more time on each other than enjoying the meal that they're paying for. No, mm-hmm. they're married, but not to each other. And he's like, how will you tell? I was like, we'll see which one, leave, if they leave at the same time or if they leave separately. And sure enough, one oh. of them left and the other one left 20 minutes later. I was like, yeah, it's an affair. A student, his mind was blown, but they're great conversations, right? You're talking about people's relationships and analyzing their lifestyle. And then lastly, we move into talking about sex. So you go, okay, well, that's their relationship life. And if you think about it, we already started talking about sex. We talked about the fact that they're having an affair. We already started brushing into that subject. And so then it's just as easy to be like, oh, so which one do you think is the, the dominant one in that relationship? You know, do, do you think that he secretly like gets getting tied up and spanked or, you know, you just keep it really third person talking about someone else and it's never invasive. But once you've shifted the conversation to sex, then it's really easy to start talking about like, you know, what's your worst sexual experience you've ever had? Or what's the best sexual experience you've ever had? You know, I was I was talking to a woman yesterday and, uh, you know, we're just casually chatting and uh, she randomly says to me, hey, you had sex outside. And it prompted me to tell a story of a time when I totally had sex in a forest. And then she started talking about, you know, a time that she had sex in a car and cops came and arrested them and and that we're talking about sex and that's right, what you're so that's already exciting. Making, exactly. That's and yeah. like, those are the visuals that you have. And that's like the emotions that are attached to the stories that you're telling. So what if you are a guy who doesn't have a story like that to tell, who doesn't have an experience with getting caught by police while having sex outside? How does a guy like that contribute to that playfulness? So there, there's a lot of different ways to do it. One of my favorites is actually literotica.com, which is just a, a porn story site. And which Martin, I love. I was going to say, I'm going to get a little bit a little bit X-rated with you here, Marnie. Yeah. I actually don't really get off on visual porn. I like written porn. And so I'll sometimes, like if I'm you know, lying in bed, getting ready for the girls to, to come and have a threesome or whatever, I will you know, sit and read some porn before they turn up and you know, just, just to get myself warmed up a bit. And I know like a lot of guys are very visual, but when I was a kid, I, I was really into reading. I love reading fiction. And so it's actually much better. The images I conjure up are much better. You know, like yeah. I don't want to read about, you know, like every time, you know, every time you sort of like see somebody else that doesn't look like you, it's really hard to, you know, to visualize that as being you. Whereas when you're reading it, it's like, oh yeah, I can. Yeah, you, you can know, picture whatever it is you want to. I find that too, that when I do go <laughs> to watch porn, I'll, I'll be excited to go and watch porn. And then I'll have people that I'm not attracted to who I'm scrolling through trying to find a good visual. Yeah. And then it, not, that, not that it ruins it for me, but it takes away from it a little bit. So yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. That yeah, a written like, form can be better. Voice is annoying. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas almost every story is somewhat good if the story's written well, if it's a good author. And like there are good authors that you can like follow the author and, and you know get someone that writes in the style that you like. Yeah. Um, and it makes it really easy. So, but I, I love that you said that. And actually, I find most women actually are drawn more towards written born than, than visual. And again, so it gives me another connection with women. But, but so it's great if you don't have stories, you can just get into reading porn rather than watching it. And then those stories become things you can share. And it's really fascinating when you're talking to a woman about like sexual preferences, blah, 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 blah. And you go, yeah, it's funny. I was reading this porn story the other day or I was reading this erotic novel the other day. And the minute you say, I was reading erotic Mm -hmm. literature, women will be like, wait, excuse me, what? 
That's true. They're not used to guys that say that. And once again, we're standing out from the crowd. We we appear different. And it's cool because like um many women, like th- there's this whole movement right now about like different sexualities, different genders. And I know a lot of guys like roll their eyes when they when they hear this, but you know, I've always said you've got to keep up to date with the times. And there's you know, I find men are the the late adopters, women tend to be the early adopters of this kind of stuff. And while sure you may not like the idea that a lot of people are choosing to identify as multi-gender or, or no gender or what have. I, I have some teenage uh, niece and nephews, and they all in schools right now have moved towards no gender or not gender assigning at oh, all. Really? And yeah, and you know that means that. And, and I live in Texas, so that means like we can probably look forward to in ten years' time, the twenty-year-olds will probably all be very comfortable not discussing gender or not having that as something that is not labeled as their gender, let's put it that way. Maybe from a medical perspective, but not from a social perspective. Oh, definitely. And right. And so this so we're in a unique, interesting period of time. And a lot of men will shun this and be like, I'm not interested. Whereas I'm like, okay, let's keep an open mind about it and let's see what's going on with this this unique world. And what's fascinating is as part of this gender stereotyping or, or removal of gender stereotypes, there is sexuality that is being brought up. And you know, if you remember once upon a time it was the LJBQ movement and then it was LJBQT and and now there's like 20 different letters. Well, each one of these things represents how somebody identifies themselves on a sexual scale. And what I've noticed is most women, and I'm going to test this on you, Marnie, because I'm, I'm going to suspect that you've probably never thought of yourself as this particular sexuality, but I suspect you will agree with me that this is you too. We'll find out. So if, if you don't agree, then feel free to say no. But I've found through my research of looking into this, that most women identify as a sapiosexual, which so is somebody intellect. who is mostly, mostly aroused by interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know the statistics on it, but yes, of course, I identify, you know that I do, that, that, that I would say yes right. to that. But I don't yeah, know if it's true are, that most women st- do. Well, there haven't been statistics done, is what's fascinating here. However, I have been talking to all the women that I talk to, and I talk to a lot of women, and they all identify as sapiosexual as well as something else. So I've definitely had women that are like, I'm bisexual and sapiosexual, or I'm asexual, but also sapiosexual. I find a lot of women identify as this. And what I found fascinating is erotic novels are one of the fastest and easiest ways to appeal to somebody who's sapiosexual. And I've been testing when you're intimate with somebody reading some of the novels and it's killer. I love that. Wait, okay. So, so walk me through this again. So you're saying that most of the women that you've talked to do lean towards that, do lean towards saying that they're sapiosexual, which means that they are yep. triggered by intellect. So let's, let's break some myths right now. Cause a lot of men will write to me or they'll watch my YouTube videos and say, screw that. Women only care about money and looks and blah, blah, blah. So, so based on what you are finding and like, Let's keep in mind that you're a very cute guy. You carry yourself well. You wear clothes well. So you have those looks already there. From the research that you've done, have you seen men who don't look like you able to pull off the things that you're advising? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and this is like it's funny. I'm I'm dealing with this a lot right now because I'm having a lot of guys message me and be like. Like, oh, you're really good looking. No wonder this is so easy for you. And I have to send them my before pictures to remind them that this isn't what I always look like. Right. You know, like this is a combination of working out, eating healthy, you know, getting my teeth done, yeah, getting style. my hair done. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, there's a whole, there's a whole gambit to this to make me what I look like. Um, and same with women. Like, like uh, there's, uh, you know, some, some very beautiful women that I spend a lot of time with. And, you know, one of them is 
44 years old, but she's an ex-Playboy model. And she looks like she just rolled off the pages of Playboy yesterday. And uh, she says to me, she's like, yo, she's like, there is a good eight hours of work every single week that goes into making me look like this. She's like, that's a solid amount of time. That's a day. That's a lot of time. time. Yeah. And she's like, and it takes that long. She's like, and I want a man that puts in something into his looks. I want a guy that, that... while I'm spending eight hours making myself look good for him, what's yeah, he doing? Exactly. You that know? wants to take and, care and, of himself. Right. Exactly. And this woman makes good money. She she makes a significant amount of money herself as a realtor, actually. So not she's not doing Playboy anymore, but she makes a lot of money. And she's like, yeah, you're not going to impress me with wealth. You know, you, what are you going to impress me with? She goes, I want to see that you care about looking after yourself. And are you interesting? And so, yeah, I'm definitely seeing it because to beautiful women, men that look after themselves is kind of standard right. in their world. That's yeah. what they're used to. And any guy who's like, yeah, well, you know, I don't look good or I don't work out, so women don't want me. It's like, really, you got to ask yourself, why do you have an attitude of feeling like you don't need to work out or look or try to look good? And yet you deserve a woman who is putting that many hours into Making into herself look out. good. I do want to ask one question right. before we go to a break, because you talked about being interesting as something that elevates you to that next level and separates you from the herd of creamed or primed, whatever it's called, of good-looking guys who know how to put themselves together. What were your first steps for becoming interesting? I know that you said you practice things for seven hours, which right away, seven hours a day or whatever, which right away is going to make you more interesting because you're going to have a lot of experiences um, and conversation pieces that you can talk about. But what would you say, if you can still remember, are three things that helped you in becoming more interesting? So actually, it's one thing I'll give you. I am I'm on a mission to collect so many crazy stories that sound unbelievable, so that my grandkids don't believe when I tell them stories. <laughs> like that's it's it's actually one of the driving forces in my life. So I went to to Singapore last year with with one of my girlfriends, and when we we're there, it was my birthday, and she's like, "What do you want to do on your birthday?" I was like, "I really want to go to a Singaporean brothel and browse for women." And she's like, okay, let's go do that. <laughs> and, and we went and, and we ended up, I didn't want to, it's funny, I didn't actually want to hire anyone. She, she gave me full gambit. She's like, you know, buy as many or you know, whatever you want at your birthday. And I was like, actually, it's funny. I, so I went there with in mind that I was going to do it. And then I ended up not doing it just because I was hanging out with my girlfriend. And I was like, you know what? At the end you of the night, it. not one of these girls. Yeah. And I was like, none of them are as hot as you. But like, I love that she gave me the option and she was going to join in as well. And but I was just like, no, it's just, I didn't need that part of the story. But I totally collected the experience of spending three hours going into brothels and browsing the women. And it was even an experience to say no, you know, to be like, I'm sorry, you don't have what I'm looking for. Like that was a cool experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what, what's like a lower and, and level I, yeah. one that people can do? Because I know that that's a pretty extreme experience for some people, especially people who are like, I have a nine to five job and I don't get to go to Singapore to brothels with one of my <laughs> wives. So what are some, yeah. what are some like basic things that people can do to spice up their lives a little bit, especially if their lives right now are not so spicy and they might be a little bit intimidated by that? Yeah, no, good example. I'm I'm always looking for an adventure. So we'll go driving down the road and you'll see, especially in America, you'll see these weird things by the side of the road. Like I saw the world's largest toy museum and I walked into the toy museum and like took pictures of myself in the toy museum. Yeah. And although that sounds crazy, it's like, no, it, it's cool because it's like, you know, again, I'm, I, I'm thinking about, I'm hanging out with my grandkids and I was like, yeah, when I was younger, I right. went to the world's largest toy museum. On the, the side of a like, road. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you don't understand how cool this thing was. Let me tell you. And then, like, you know, it's telling this entire story. So I'm always doing this dumb stuff, but it led me to find a reptile museum. And then it mm. led to an opportunity to become a reptile handler. And and I was like, oh, I could be a reptile handler for a day, you know, and, and like go up to him and be like, hey, how much money is it to be a reptile handler for a day? And of course, they're not like not used to that. They're used to just hiring a reptile handler. They're like, you just want to pay us money so you can handle reptiles for a day? I was like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, a hundred bucks to go and handle reptiles for a day. And so I'm always doing like dumb stuff like that. Like any opportunities, like someone phone me and be like, Hey, you want to go ax throwing? I'm like, yeah, I want to go ax throwing. It sounds great. But all these things become great experiences to talk to people. So I'll be on a date with someone. They're like, what'd you do last week? I was like, oh, I was reptile handling and ax throwing. How about you? And they're like, uh, like I went what? to work. Yeah. Or I went to the gym. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you're interesting. Right. You're true. And you're sparking their mind in some way. And then to go back on what you were saying before, if you want to escalate that conversation, because you're having a nice conversation, some banter back and forth, you're sparking her brain in a certain way, triggering her sapiosexual brain. And then you can escalate things like what you talked about before. Right? Exactly. Wonderful. All right. We're going to be back with Adam Lyons. So keep listening because he's pretty awesome. It's the official start of the dry skin part of the year for many of us in the United States. And now is more important than ever to have a dedicated skincare routine to keep your skin looking and feeling amazing day in and day out. You don't want any dry patches. It's creepy. Tiege Hanley is the perfect solution. Not only are their products high quality and affordable, but they also have a system for all your facial skincare needs. Also, if you go to our exclusive web address, tiege.com slash askwomen, you'll receive an even better deal on your first box of Tiege Hanley. There you go. Now you have no excuse for not taking better care of your skin. So make sure you go to tiege.com slash askwomen. That's T-I-E-G-E dot com slash askwomen. All right, we are back. So Adam, I have a couple of questions from listeners. And I know you're going to like breeze through these in two seconds because you talk super fast like me. So you'll take like three seconds to answer. Okay. So one question was, I want to know from your experience, what and where was the best second date you ever had as well? Why was it so good? Also, if you could share some not so good second dates. So I think this question comes from somebody who is not having successful second dates. So a lot of guys, as you know, go on dates, they don't do so well. And it's probably because they're missing one of those three letters that you were talking about before. And so therefore he's questioning, how do I make this first or second date rock so that she wants to see me again afterwards? So what would be the answer for that? So I love that because there's the, I love the way you interpreted the question because there's definitely the question he wants the answer to and then there's the one he asked. The one he asked is, what's the best date? And the best date I ever went on was a woman that came with me to a movie theater, knew who I was, knew that I'd had a lot of sex. And she said, if I have sex with you in this movie theater, you've done it before and I'm not going to stand out in your mind, am I? And I was like, I hate to say correct, but correct. And she went, all right, I'm going to do something you've never done before. She proceeded to sit on my lap, pull my penis out, stick it inside her, but in her butt. So I had anal sex in a movie theater. And I will never forget that woman or that second date for the rest of my life. That was the most incredible, wild experience I've ever done. So that's the best second date, but probably not the answer he's looking for. My best second date was going bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. So actually, it's funny. The best second date I've found is actually a combination of mini golf or bowling or yes. laser tag or some kind of fun activity. And that is usually best. But the real issue here isn't what's a good second date because a good second date is as good as a first or a third, which is do something fun. And that's what people forget. They, they just like, let's do coffee, let's do dinner. Yeah. No, you, you do coffee and dinner every day. Do something fun, like do an activity. But the key to making sure someone sees you again is actually to arrange the third date 
while you're on the second date. Mm-hmm. And this is the secret. So when I'm on a second date with somebody, I'm always like, oh, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of this really cool escape room I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do that next week? And I will pre-set up the third date during the middle of the second date. And that does a lot of things. Once it lets a woman know that I'm planning on seeing them again, which makes it a lot easier for us to have sex that night because they know that I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to ditch them. Two, it gets them looking forward to something in the future, which enables them to be more relaxed on this date. Mm-hmm. Um, and it removes all the tension of what's going to happen at the end of the date. Like, are we going to kiss at the end of the date? Are we not? It's or anal. You be... don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> or anal. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Right. Yeah, that was the best <laughs> second date of my life, though. That was really good. That is hilarious. <laughs> I, I love that tip that you just gave. I think that that's all always true. You always want to set up the next, if, you, if you're into the girl, obviously, if you, you always want to set it up while you're on that date. And I love that you were talking about things like escape rooms or something interesting and exciting. I think that the best ideas for second, third, even fourth dates, I mean, going into a relationship is to look at ideas that are on the show, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, because they always have interactive date ideas that are unique and fun and allow you space to touch each other and to also grow and learn with each other and have a shared experience rather than just going for coffee, which is wonderful too. But I like that you were saying interactive things because I think that that allows more time for you to relax and get into an activity while also interacting with another person. So I think it's a good memory for both of you. I agree 100%. Yeah. All right. Next question. See, I knew you were going to go through these fast. Okay. This is from Austin. Okay. Hi there. I just started listening to your podcast and I love it. I'm a 25-year-old good-looking guy who has trouble going up to women in public. I don't drink anymore. I don't go wild, but I need to figure out how to get past this analysis paralysis or overthinking. I get tons of stares from women, but I tend to not hold the stare with them because I get freaked out. Tinder was unsuccessful and so was Bumble. Can you tell me how to get past that overthinking stage? Also, can you tell me how to make her laugh more instead of just a blah conversation? Austin. So yeah, this is, uh, this is really easy. So first of all, to get over overthinking, it's about breaking it down into micro steps. I always think of it like literally climbing a set of stairs. It's very difficult to go from the bottom to the top, like in a single leap. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much thinking you'd have to do to get from the bottom to the top. You'd be like, okay, what's the best way to do this? I might hurt myself. Whereas if you just went up one step at a time, going to the top of the stairs is really easy. So it's the same with dating. Just think about, okay, I'm just going to do this one thing. And that one thing can be, if, you're, if you, you are staring at people and losing eye contact, just walk up to them afterwards and just be like, hey, I'm just going to say you have a great smile. Done. And, mm-hmm. then that, and then just do that. Don't worry about anything else. Just do that. And if it's good or if it's bad, it's irrelevant. Just do that. There's no thinking needed. You're just going to walk up to somebody and say, hey, you have a really good smile. I wanted to take time to let you know. Done. And do that over and over again until that's so easy, it's boring then your brain will want you to do something different because it'll be boring to just say hello to people. So that that's how I would go about that initial thing. And then making people laugh more, I found for beginner students, there's nothing easier than actually uh, getting them to memorize a couple of jokes that they've seen on stand-up comedy that they really like, that have got a good response from women that they know. Yeah. And then say to them, hey, oh my God, I was watching Comedy Central last night. I had the funniest joke. And then tell the joke. By grounding it in, I watched Comedy Central last night, it's not like you're pretending you made it up. Right. But a joke is a joke is a joke. If somebody's laughing, they're laughing and you've succeeded. I love it. And how do you avoid your conversation being blah? Like how, how do you make it interesting? 
So again, that combination of two things. One, telling jokes is good, but two, by being interesting, by mm-hmm. doing interesting things. So I'm always collecting those stories that I'm planning on telling my grandkids and I use those for interesting conversations. So I was actually at a meeting today. We turned up 15 minutes early to with a big financial group that are considering hiring us to do their marketing. And we had 15 minutes to kill. And so I told a story at the beginning of the meeting that I know is really, really funny. And I knew that the, the guys would laugh. And it's just a great segue. It's about it's about a friend of mine that was basically planning to grow weed illegally. And uh, he was too nervous to ask about what kind of lamp he should purchase, like heat lamp. Um, so he pretended he was going to grow tomatoes. And it's a hysterical <laughs> story about him trying to negotiate with this guy. And the guy obviously knows he's trying to buy a lamp for weed and is trying to get the guy to admit it because you need a different type of lamp for weed. And my friend is insisting it's tomatoes. And it, it culminates the end of the story. is my this, this guy in the shop going, look, man, if you want to grow tomatoes, then you need a really low-powered lamp. But if you're trying to, I don't know, <laughs> smoke tomatoes, you're right. going to need a bigger lamp. And it was just a hysterical story. But again, I collect those stories. Anytime something funny happens, I write it down. And I like you write in my phone and save it as an interesting story to stop conversations being blah. Yeah, which I love. So overall, the biggest tip that I've heard throughout this time that you and I have been talking is to think about things from your grandchildren's point of view. Just always say what would be interesting for the tail end of my life to say, I did this, I said this, I had these experiences. So put that into your head as a goal for yourself to collect these wonderful stories and things that you can share with other people where they'll look at you and be like, holy shit, I can't believe you did that. Adam, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I know we're cutting it short, but you basically just did like four podcasts in one podcast because (laughs) you speak so fast. So I think you've shared a lot of really wise and helpful information for a lot of guys that are listening to this right now. And I want people to check out some of your material. So I have created a link, winggirlmethod.com slash Adam Lyons. And then people can go to that link and they can find out more about it's ACE, right? Yeah, the ACE Formula Blueprint. Oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can find it there. It's uh, Oh, yeah, I'm still here. I can hear Hello. you. Hello. I've lost you. This is how it gets people. Can you hear Jesus. me? Jesus. I don't know what happened. <laughs> anyway... That's so weird. That's where so yeah, um, yeah, it's Adam the Ace Formula. He yeah. said his final piece, but he was wonderful <laughs> and awesome. And you are, <laughs> I can't believe I'm like just talking to myself and he's probably listening right now. Anyway, new episodes of the Ask Win podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Don't be lazy. Oh, you can still hear me. Shoot, now I am embarrassed. <laughs> of course, thank, um, thank you for coming on. You can hang up now if you want. And for some reason, I cannot hear you, but I love you. I want to come to your ranch one day. And I was going to make an anal joke, but that is not funny right now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, new episodes come out every Thursday. Please go, anals for second dates. Uh, please go and subscribe to our podcast. And don't download, don't waste your time downloading. If you subscribe, it comes into your phone or wherever you want automatically. You listen to it on the bus, in the car, wherever you want. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. Bye.